Live from the Huntington Hilltop. Coming to you from the last homeless free zone in Orange County. In the morning, Nathan Penetration. In the morning, Brian Black. <clears throat> I just spilled. Maybe I should just use the sound effect. That'd be a lot safer. <laughs> is that a uh, Nicola? It is. It's good shit. Finally got some. The uh, <clears throat> the whole the Whole Foods that I went to though they only had the tall cans. That's all they have. Oh, I thought they have the little uh, what, it's like the eight point four ounce cans. I've never seen them. The ones that you've seen of mine, they were always the tall ones. Okay, they're like twelve ounce, right? Or I think so. I don't know. They yes, twelve. 355 milliliters. Yeah, I have them in my fridge. I should have grabbed one and think about it. I drink them while I'm in traffic and I just analyze the flavors in my mouth. Yeah, it's kind of crazy how pronounced the flavor is. It wears off, though. Like, that's how you know it's, it's just essence. Yeah, it's gone a couple seconds after you drink it. Mm-hmm. Delicious product. Yeah, it's good. So, uh, I got a question for you. Mm -hmm. Let me uh, pull up my sheet here. Have you used any VPNs recently? Yes, Proton. It's the one I pay for. Oh, yeah. Does Proton provide some type of ad blocking at the VPN level? Uh, <coughs> excuse me. If it does, I don't know. Because I have the uh, Purify app installed on all my iOS devices. So if it does, then I wouldn't know because Purify should be blocking ads anyway. Yeah, I meant uh, sometimes in those VPN apps that install the VPN profile to your phone, like Proton or, mm. or Outline, sometimes there's a toggle in there to enable additional... Uh, filtering at the VPN level. So your routing won't route to certain uh, IP addresses or DNS entries, huh. like the whole uh, double-click domain or some ad version, some ad advertising subdomain of Google or YouTube yeah. video ads. They can block that too. Yeah, it's been such. it's been a long time since I installed it, so I don't remember if it, if it had those toggles. Well, if you get the chance, try and open up your, I guess, settings and then the VPN settings on iOS. If the application installs the VPN profile under a personal VPN, you can combine it with this other VPN app called Lockdown that can do that type of ad filtering. It does it locally, but it uses a VPN profile to accomplish it because it's uh, the only way to really accomplish this on iOS. You can't modify the host file. Uh, this is so the closest. The, yeah. So under the Proton VPN settings, uh, under General VPN, uh, it doesn't. This says this has type, server, account, and then connect on demand with a switch. That's it. What about in settings? The settings app. That's what I'm saying. Settings, general, VPN. Oh, I guess it is under general. 
And that's under VPN configurations, not under personal VPN. It's under personal VPN. Under oh. oh, that's good then. Yeah. Yeah. So it installs the profile as like a one of those profile files, huh? Because when I use Outline, that goes under VPN configurations. So I could theoretically connect connect to an Outline VPN, and then from the Outline VPN connect to a Proton VPN. What kind of VPN is it? It shows up under a different category because there's uh, personal VPN configurations and then there's also another section in the VPN uh, settings on iOS that allows for just generic configurations that I guess are configured via applications. Okay. So I, I think one is offloaded to the operating system and one is actually tunneled to an application for the encryption and decryption. I think. Okay. Yeah, Proton's IKE, IKE V2. Okay. Yeah, that actually would work. If you ran, I dropped a link in the chat, but it's to a Hacker News article. So if you click through the, to the link, you can see that lockdownhq.com is a open source firewall of sorts that you can run on iOS. So you'd combine lockdown with proton and you can add blacklists to the lockdown firewall huh so you could paste the contents of easy list from adblock plus or ublock origin paste it into lockdown and then your phone no matter what application you're using won't be able to phone home to any of those ad networks to pull up some obnoxious video that's cool or Safari, Safari web views that don't use the full Safari web view, where it would actually use the um, purify ad block list. But most importantly, it would block the uh, uh, analytics frameworks or the quote-unquote processing that applications, mail applications like, was it Newton? One of those mail applications that was busted for scraping well, not really busted. I guess called out for scraping the contents of your emails. Lockdown would let you see which domains the application phones home to, and then Lockdown would let you block those. Yeah, I should I should look into this then. I'm still using my my Gmail accounts. I haven't fully divorced myself of them. <clears throat> Well, the good thing about going with Proton was somebody else is handling whether or not your mail gets delivered. So if Proton mail users in general get blocked, Proton's going to try and take care of that. When you host your own email, or practically host your own email, when you use a device like the Helm, what is that? That personal server thing is called the Helm.com. Mm -hmm. I don't really know because their name collides with this whole Docker thing. Helm files. Okay, so yeah, thehelm.com. That's that triangular personal yeah, thing you have. Yeah. That one you kind of run on your own, and you have to build a reputation for your email address on services like Gmail. You will too, potentially, because your domain name hasn't been seen by Gmail. 
So unless you have alerts sending emails regularly where you're digging them out of the spam saying this is not spam, there's a chance that your first email to a customer or something could end up in their spam. Okay. And you can kind of see how that'd be problematic because that yeah. means you get no business. But that's the problem with having everybody um, or, or having a, basically a monoculture in email where everybody's on the same service because it's supposed to be federated, but they have a ton of leverage. So whatever they decide is blocked is blocked. Okay. Well, I'm going to look into uh, <clears throat> lockdown. I just looked it up on the app store and there's lockdown apps and then lockdown mobile. Uh, is that the same? Uh, no, it's different. It's atomizer group LLC. Yeah. I don't know. Let's cause lockdown what? apps is confirmed Inc. Lockdown HQ.com. The link well, you sent me is confirmed Inc. Confirmed Inc. Yep. It's got a blue background and a white lock as the logo. Yeah. yeah there's a lot of name duplication on the App Store. Or typo squatting or people buying ads for competitors. But when it comes to VPNs, there's actually a ton of really poor Chinese VPN, not Chinese, but they may be owned by like a Chinese company. A lot of these mm. companies are super sketchy. Basically that's all I'm getting at the actual VPN companies. The lockdown app creates a VPN profile, but it doesn't go to a VPN unless you pay for their other VPN service. The lockdown app by itself just does a loop back through effectively a host file to uh, filter out any domains you don't want to go to. But when you can chain okay. it with Proton VPN, that's the best of both worlds because now your your traffic's being sent off to some VPN somewhere. Have you ever seen um X forwarded for that uh it's like XFF and an HTTP header. It lets uh certain reverse proxies communicate to a server who the actual requester is no. some, some VPNs like corporate VPNs or maybe not VPNs, but uh, maybe I guess either a VPN or a reverse proxy at the corporate gateway. Sometimes they'll do, they'll add those X forwarded for headers so that wherever you end up trying to go on the web, it's always calling out where your original IP was, but they, they're trying to do some kind of interception in the middle. So I, I don't really trust uh, VPNs. You're breaking up a little bit. Ah, shit. You're okay now. Yeah. I'm going over a VPN, by the way. But my ISP is also wireless. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe I'll get... Oh, jeez. Bad timing. I just disconnected. Disconnected from server. Connected. That was bad timing. I accidentally clicked disconnect. You can hear me, right? Yeah. Well, let's move on. 
Okay. YouTube Music, YouTube TV. Are you paying for one of those still? So, uh, YouTube TV, the membership is still ongoing for that. I don't, I don't pay for it anymore, but my family is using that account. So I sort of have access to it still. I don't really watch any TV. I like the sports is it. Um, and the only thing that's in season right now is basketball and most of the Lakers games are blacked out because they have some bullshit agreement with Time Warner. So, um, yeah, I don't, don't really use YouTube TV as much as I used to. Um, <clears throat> YouTube music on the other hand though, I just subscribed to that cause I got the free trial for it and, uh, it's actually a pretty good service. It's been around for a couple of years i think but i think before you used to have to just use the youtube app so like you would have the subscription tied to your youtube account and then when you used youtube you could just like look up music and stuff like that and you could like you, you could play it uninterrupted without ads you can minimize the app and it'll continue playing audio but now they actually have their own full youtube music app so been using that the last couple of days and it's pretty good um my spotify trial ran out so i was looking for another free alternative because i couldn't get on apple music for free um so did you know there's you... family plans for a lot of those things like youtube tv youtube tv you can share with five people well yeah it's that's just what their base account is i think yeah I wasn't sure if you were aware of that because you said you still have access to it. It made it sound like you were. That's how I have access to it still. Okay. Through family yeah. sharing? Mm-hmm. Like Not through... through sharing credentials? No. Through, like, we each have our own logins. Yeah. Okay. So. But my account's still the primary. I just don't pay for it. I just okay. put a different credit card on it. Um... That was sneaky of them. That was dirty. Where they increased the price. Yeah, it was bullshit. They increased the price on YouTube TV and they well they uh they made the sharing thing go from just sharing YouTube TV with other people's accounts to making them part of your family and a bunch of other stuff is now shared with those people that aren't necessarily part of your family. Yeah. I'm not impressed with YouTube TV. Not anymore, at least. It's not any better than the alternatives, like Sling and all that. And they're adding a bunch of junk channels to it that I don't watch. Yep. Classic <clears throat> cable TV. Yeah. The whole cord cutting stuff is kind of like, it's defeating, they're defeating the purpose by adding shit that nobody wants and then increasing the price there that's basically they're they're slowly morphing into the cable model with that so what is your perfect version of that a la carte we should be able to choose like i think time warner cable or uh spectrum actually had something like this but it, it, it came out right when i was moving and so i didn't I couldn't get it because I didn't live in the area anymore. Um, but they had like this service where you paid, I think it was like 20 bucks a month and you could choose 10 channels, like any 10 channels that you want. 
and that's what you paid for. And I thought that was kind of cool. So if they did some like a la carte thing like that, but maybe if you could choose like up to 20 channels and pay like 30 bucks a month, 35 bucks a month, that would be worthwhile. Because there's no way that I, there's more than 20 channels that I would have any interest in watching. Yeah, and you wouldn't watch the channel. You'd want a couple of bits of content. Exactly, yeah. Did you realize but, Paramount has their own streaming service now? No. Yeah. What is it, all their old movies and stuff? Uh, I think, but they have like new TV series. Like that, Isn't Paramount like a subsidiary of... I thought they were a Paramount of like CBS. Or uh, they're a subsidiary of CBS. I'm consulting the Book of Knowledge. Because there's that CBS I'm All Access thing too. They have that uh, that Picard, the Star Trek Picard show. Okay, there's tons of movies. Wait, that was Paramount Movies, Paramount Network. They got too many fucking domain names. 68 Whiskey. Kind of looks cool. Yellowstone. I think that was... It's like a Western? Yeah, it's like... Uh, some kind of rancher thing. We were in a chat with Roadhouse, and he posted a link to this. I'm sure there's lots of good stuff on there. They got some big names. Kevin Costner. Yeah, Kevin Costner's good. I like his movies. I just want Cinemax, Strike Back, Banshee. I haven't seen the new season of Strike Back. I think that, well, there's two or three new seasons of Strike Back. Shit. But it's an all new cast though, so it's, it's still got to be awesome. Let's see, Strike Back TV series. I Give me shooting, ten second sex scenes. Yeah, there's eight seasons. I think it ended at five with the original guys. I think so. Is that counting the original original British one? I think that counts that. Oh shit! Season eight is like ongoing. The first episode's coming out on tomorrow. What? Okay, I'm gonna subscribe then. <laughs> Strike Back yeah. was so awesome. Yeah, it was. I'm really nostalgic Apparently, about that series. It's pretty good. It's got uh an eight point two out of ten on IMDb as as of right now. I love those original guys. The camaraderie yeah. between them. Yeah, the that duo was like great. Hopefully they keep making cameos. It says they're in forty four episodes twenty ten to twenty eighteen. So they were in two episodes in twenty eighteen, both of them. Still, even after breaking his hip in a sex swing in Thailand. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's eventually going to be that's going to catch on and make it into Wikipedia one day even though it's totally made up yeah that's hilarious yeah they're in Retribution Part 9 and Part 10 in February of 2018 that's fucking awesome you play with any new new hardware 
built an AMD Epic server today. That was interesting. That, the chips for that are massive. How it's big like, is it in the palm of your hand? Uh, it's like like eighty percent of the size. Wow! Aren't processors normally like two fingers wide, maybe two and a half? Yeah, this one. I know Xeons are a little bit bigger than your average like Intel processor, but the this Epic chip is like two Xeons. It's huge. It's like like a silver dollar. Is that bigger? Bigger. It's wow. like two silver dollars side by side. Yeah, it's huge chip. Um, didn't fire it up yet, so because we're waiting on one more part. But um, basically, the uh, the SAS cables that go from the RAID controller to the backplane they were too short for that server because they have to go around the fans. And, uh, yeah, so we got to get longer SAS cables. Okay. I got questions. Mm -hmm. On what planet is it more cost effective for them to pay somebody to make all this for them? When you versus don't renting have a an, virtual machine. When you don't have an internet connection good enough to support everybody in the office working over the internet entirely. Okay. Also when you're handling, uh, cause this specific company does a lot of graphic design stuff and you need a central storage solution for handling big files that are like in Photoshop and illustrator and Lightroom and all that crap. And so you'd be paying out the ass and storage costs with a VPS setup for that stuff. And then also, if you need to have access to that stuff on the fly, you're, I don't know if there's a way, I mean, there is a way to do it, but I don't know how efficiently where like you're dealing with Photoshop files from the Photoshop software on your machine, trying to access that stuff over a VPS. I just don't know how well that would work. Um, but we went with an AMD setup because it's more cost effective than an Intel setup. It is. And, uh, I mean, Intel is still superior when it comes to, uh, like workstation desktop processor processors, because their performance per core, like their, their benchmarks are still, way higher and when you're doing you know word processing email mundane shit like that you're really only using one to two cores really at the most so you're still better off with an intel chip doing that stuff um but when it comes to server stuff uh especially when you're doing virtualization and like uh running a bunch of vms the amd stuff's I don't want to say they're eating Intel's lunch, but they're with the Epic chips. They've come a long way. They're for what you're paying. The cost difference. They're superior. I've migrated every single virtual server because that's pretty much all I have. Every single one. If there's an instance type that is an AMD version of the same instance type, 
I've migrated them all to AMD because they're like 10% cheaper and 10% faster. Yeah. Yeah, they, the Epic chip I was working with today was about 1200 bucks. Uh, an equivalently spec Xeon Gold chip with 16 cores was like 1800 I rent probably two threads on one of those Epic chips for like, it cost me like $1.89 a month for two threads on one of those chips. So and I have like cheap. 15 servers that all have two threads. The funny catch on that is it assumes that for that instance type that I'm using, which is a T3A, it assumes that you're not going beyond 5% load for certain amounts of time. Understand? And what are you yeah, what are you running on those specifically? Mumble. Just little bursts of 30% load. Oh. Uh I've got four mumble servers. Uh Couple VPNs. Those are outline VPNs because those are so easy to set up. Uh, a network video recorder. I don't know. I've got a lot. Uh, Nextcloud instance, which is really just a front end for S3. So it gives me a GUI that I can uh, send and receive things from S3 on. Mm hmm which I actually want to open up to like a small community, just like friends and stuff, but I need to put some type of extra authentication in front of it. So you authenticate and then you're in to the next cloud instance and then you can swap files from there because it's all through S3 on the same system. You can change, you can copy a file from one user's account to the other instantly or pull it down to your computer at whatever gigabit speed you have. Okay. And there's other instances, I don't know. There's like a game server. But Are you still running that cheap. insurgency server? Yeah. Brian's dildo barn. And people are still playing in it? Yeah. They just auto queue into it. That's cool. I run a ten V no five V five competitive. Unofficial competitive. Yeah, that's cool. I don't even play in it. I'll get in there eventually, but I'm I'm still on a civilization kick. Cool. I think about that game a lot. I haven't played it in like a week. No, two weeks. But I still think about it, and I watch YouTube videos on it. It's like a sickness. I haven't been playing much games lately. <clears throat> I, uh, I was sick with the flu uh, a couple weeks back. And, the Wuhan um, flu? I don't know what it was. But I bought some Tamiflu. That shit's $80 for 10 pills. I was consciously thinking, like, contemplating whether I was well enough to keep taking them because I want to save them in case I get the Wuhan. I'm trying to <laughs> be, look it up. It's an antiviral. They're ex antivirals are expensive. They're not like antibiotics with pennies. You could literally get a bottle of antibiotics for like 70 cents like these things these suckers are like fucking what would the math on that be like eight dollars a pill that's funny so you paid two times the wholesale cost for a course 54 dollars 
Well, you can get them cheaper with a uh, coupon from CVS and stuff like that. And that's what I did. But if I wanted to use my insurance and, and start chipping away at my deductible, I would have had to pay the full cost. I don't think I've ever taken this. I don't really ever get the flu, so I I don't think I've ever taken it either. But there's a dirt, bunch of dirty chai coms that live in my apartment complex that don't wash their hands and they cough all over everything. And so, <laughs> do, you, do you really think that they're part of the uh, communist parties? Probably. None of them speak English. And they're did rude, you, too. Did you hear about uh, Huawei? I guess How they're... The US they're going to bust them for racketeering. The U.S. is or yeah, who? I've got to pull up the justice. Well, they've been doing that for a long time. Why are they just doing this now? Because it's politically expedient and the FBI is a political organization. Uh, look it up. When was the first time you heard about uh, Huawei? Like 2013 or something, maybe? It's been a while, yeah. I haven't used any other products, so... I, yeah, I haven't even seen any. They have those cheap phones. Like, if you go to uh, T-Mobile or Sprint, they have Huawei phones in there. You know what other... Uh... That's because it's actually supported by the Chinese, by the Communist Party. What other uh, Communist Party supported telecommunications equipment that exists out there? Uh, Grandstream. Grandstream. Oh is, yeah, I know Grandstream. The uh, they make a bunch of voice phones. Yeah, voice setup stuff. Everybody it's buys like, them because they're the cheapest. Yeah, they're really janky too. They're like, straight made. from the Communist Party. And they have this front in Boston that pretends to be their uh, their headquarters. I mean, it is in the U.S. Those are the guys that order all the phones from China and then ship them all around the United States and get them distributed. But they provide really, really cheap stuff. Some really talented bash scripter actually makes their provisioning tool for creating their config files. And all of their phones, all of them, have the same SSH key on them. The host wow. key is the same key. <clears throat> and it's a weird key too. It's not 1024. It's not 2048. It's not 4096. It's not a power of two. It's like a 1049 bit key. So. What the fuck is that? How have they not been owned yet? Well, you could have strong crypt cryptography that is backdoored every once in a while people figure out how to use an uh, escape character in their little bash prompt that they have and then root the phone yeah you could always just write a new firmware to it because they accept binaries um i don't, I don't know sketchy sketchy phone sketchy company you don't want any yeah, I'm actually sketched out about Ubiquity. The company that makes all the Unify equipment that we keep talking about. Well, and the fact that they use Java for all of their apps. That's uh, 
What apps? Like desktop Windows apps? All of their... Uh, oh, the like server-side stuff you, is Java, you, yeah. And when you run their controller. Yeah. When you I run it locally, that. it's Java. Yeah. I just use a playbook that does it all for me. Yeah. Yeah, because you need the Java dependencies when you set it up on uh, yeah, uh, Linux. MariaDB? One of yeah. their systems use, uses MariaDB, it's which is a weird one. Yeah. Maybe I'm thinking MariaDB is Nextcloud. One of their systems... No, MariaDB weird... sounds familiar. I think that, okay. that might be it. So if you try to install their network video recorder, not their new Unify Protect, because you can't, because that's all proprietary now. They want you to buy their software, hardware, all of its closed ecosystem. Um, if you go that route, they take care of it for you. But if you try to install their old Unify video uh, application, there was some dependency issue where you couldn't install the version of MariaDB that was old on 1804, something like that. So I just I gave up. I ran two instances, one that does my Unify controller, one that, that does the uh, NVR stuff. Okay. But I'm going to have to migrate away from that eventually because, um, yeah, there's no future in that. So Unify is a weird company because they have all of these different really cool software projects like the Unify controller or that UNMS thing that controls all their edge routers because they have mm. two different router lines. Not just two. I think they have three or four. There's the Unify series, which is all unified. The edge router ones, which you control, all the administration functions are on the router. Classic, like... Mm -hmm. DDWRT type old school stuff. But now they have like some centralized controller for that too now, don't yep. they? Yep. Because there were so many deployments spread to different customers' locations and stuff. And yeah, it makes it a lot easier if you can centrally manage them that way. Mm -hmm. uh, they generally had more controls built into them. And then they've got this enterprise carrier grade stuff, which I think might have a different controller but it's being unified with the Unify stuff. And then there's Amplify. So you got all these different projects going. The company's almost in stealth mode because you don't really hear them talked about, like, like Cisco. Um, one of these days, these guys are going to IPO probably. I think they're going to get bought out. They're going to probably get bought out by Apple because Apple will probably... That's the one area where they, Apple is falling by the wayside. That would kill Unify. Networking. Like networking... Yeah, I know, but it would ruin Unify. They yeah, Apple's out of the networking business. I mean, because uh, Unify, their I think their products would be better. I I'm skeptical about I'm skeptical about Unify's quality control, especially yeah. with their server line or not their server their uh, their uh, their rack mount stuff it's very prone to failure. Like I'm convinced that all of their 16 port switches are just faulty and they all have like a certain lifespan, like where they will die within a couple years, like guaranteed. Whether it's a year, two years, three years, they, they will die eventually like complete failure. They won't even power on. And it's been a common so that's been the common thing with 16 ports. The 24 and the 48 ports, it's more like weird, like 
certain ports don't work um certain ports will stop um uh delivering power it's like Aww, the poe that's um, probably worse it's it's worse because it's harder to diagnose the problem yeah and it's harder to like you're sitting there and you're trying to figure out like what the fuck like if you got a client that's got like 20 phones in their office and you can't like none of it's like set up like where the 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 number on the switch is going to the same number on the patch panel unless you made it that way and yeah so like if you're working off someone else's setup and you just had a quick installation of a unified switch and then that happens then it's a pain in the ass to try and troubleshoot it um but and then we've had a few problems with our usgs too where those have like overheated because those things get like fucking nuclear fission hot yeah i almost burned myself on one yeah the little tiny ones they have inadequate cooling for a lot of their stuff um but for what you pay for the stuff it's still better than the competition for sure suspiciously though yeah where are they sourcing this equipment why is it cheaper how if it's cheaper how are they paying these developers to make so many different software systems why are they so not transparent yeah yeah i don't know i will say though their rma process is pretty funny because they generally only have a one-year warranty on all their their stuff they sell but all they ask you to do is upload a copy of a receipt and we buy so many unify switches that we've gotten switches that have been well out of warranty replaced because we just have a, a receipt we just pull up a random receipt out of our scan and receipts and they they and we like oh here's the receipt it's within the year and we don't even know what unify switch that was paid for and uh, attach it to the rma and they just take they accept the rma I think that's pretty common because most systems don't have end-to-end serials everywhere, serial numbers. I think Apple changed their whole supply chain so they could have serial numbers on everything because they have such a huge fraud problem out of China. What's different about Unify, though, is they they do everything by MAC address. So they don't have serial numbers on their devices. They only have MAC IDs. So I don't think they have any way of tracing the... Because like when you scan a UPC code on a um on a product when you buy it that is usually tied to a serial number on the device but for unify stuff it's it's they just only want the mac id off the literal the the actual device they don't care about the box or the upc code or any of that so i think that's kind of funny that they do it that way because i've i've had to rma netgear stuff and they want like they want the receipt and then they want the serial number and then they can attach they could they could figure out whether the product is actually under warranty by the serial number being attached to the upc because it'll have the wherever you buy the the device from whether it's well i don't know about online but if you bought it in a store like micro center or something like that or fries the receipt will have the upc on it like for the item yeah there's a chain of custody for everything yeah. So, I don't know. 
I mean, we're going to continue using Unify stuff, but I just have not been impressed with the reliability of a lot of their products. Ironically, the I think the most reliable stuff they make are their is their wireless stuff. Like that, those things get super hot, but they don't they don't fail though. They just usually. I mean, I think we've had one failure with a UAC Pro. Oh yeah, I have their uh, UAP XG, their Extreme something or other, the the big one, and it gets hot. Like you will actually burn yourself if you touch the bottom of it. Yeah. So I actually leave them on laptop coolers. Because it gets so fucking hot. I actually think that it affects the, the performance. You'll get weird jitter and then things will just stop responding. And then it says you're on Wi-Fi, but you're not. And then at some point you just won't be able to connect anymore. And I think that's because the device overheated. Yeah. And I don't know where that threshold is in terms of the heat. Because they say it can handle 150 degrees. And that you can mount them up on a ceiling, recessed, which just means it builds up more heat. Right. Yeah, because the heat just radiates off yeah. the ceiling. Yeah. I don't think you can actually install it that way unless you have a fan <coughs> blowing right on it. Yeah. Or the place is very well air conditioned. Yeah, and this thing supposedly <clears throat> is like for a stadium where it could be really hot. Yeah. Um I was gonna talk about the Xbox Game Pass thing, but I think it's kinda I don't know. It's not really relevant. Um, the iPhone SE 2, if it's true that that thing is going to be sold at three at a $399 price point, that I think that's how Apple is going to completely dominate the smartphone market. Like, this, where iOS is going to dominate... Because all those cheap fucks that wouldn't buy iPhones because of the the barrier to entry, you know, which is the price always, they're gonna get one now. They've had ninety nine dollar phones for a while though. Mm, yeah, but that's with a two year agreement through a carrier, and it's like two generations old. Or they but position yet, it as trade in your Android phone, and we knock off up to a certain amount exactly yeah there's always some gotcha in that but for 399 that's that's dirt cheap for a brand new phone yeah so that's the sweet spot for you or you just think I, in general well i just i'm just thinking like competitively like the cheapest android phone that you're going to pay for out of pocket that's not a complete piece of shit like not like like the cheapest lg or Samsung or what's another make manufacturer? Uh, Huawei. <laughs> Not Huawei. Long. Uh, I'm just trying to think of ones that aren't complete garbage. Like you know, there's all those ones that you don't even know the name of that they sell. Like they have like Motorola yeah. phones and stuff still that like God knows who makes them. Um, those are still all in that price point if you were to buy them outright, like three hundred, four hundred, five hundred dollars. So I think that's pretty smart that Apple's going to offer that if, if that ends up being true. I mean, we know the SE2 is coming out. We don't, what we don't know is for sure is the price point, but that's the speculation is that that's what it's going to be priced at. I'm curious what the storage sizes are going to be 
if they go back to like a 16 gig or something like that that's gonna be good that's garbage or even a 32 they need to make like 64 the base it's been so long since i've run on lower memory devices i'm not sure how much you need as a minimum in order to have something like iCloud Photos enabled? Because I want to. Sixty-four has got to be the minimum. Yeah, I think so. You need a certain amount of buffer space so that you can shoot some video, take some pictures on a trip, that all gets offloaded throughout your trip to iCloud Photos, and then you but never you also, even feel it. You also got to factor in though the iOS updates now. Like the 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 new new versions are like several gigabytes, so that's eating up more space. And then apps, and then if you have email set up where it's saving email locally, um, <clears throat> I mean, yeah, sixty four has got to be the minimum. You there? Yeah, I'm just trying to think of how much space I have on my phone right now. Uh, general usage, 512 gigs. That's how much you use or that's how much you have? That's how much I have. I'm using half. Okay. I've got 256 on my 10. Are you using half? Uh, At least half. Let me see. Yeah. I gotta, I gotta drop a growler shortly. <laughs> <coughs> um, That's a good spot to end. The general about you know, let me just pull my storage real quick. We we'll just leave everybody with the news about your uh, bowel movement. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's a good time for the uh, the internet to drop out right there. So he'll be in the middle of describing it when he comes back. Shit, I think you disconnected. Server connection failed. God Server damn. is not responding to TCP pings. No fucking way. Connected. Okay, I dropped out. <laughs> I said that's not the only thing dropping out right now. <laughs> <laughs> Bringyourwallet.com slash contact for feedback and suggestions. Bringyourwallet.com slash donate to support the show and share the show. See you next week. Sayonara.